family-owned shop in Loganville, Sosby's Garage, for all your automotive repair needs. We service all makes and models, Ford and domestic. We repair engines, alternators, brakes, alignments, AC systems, and more, using certified technicians with over 90 years of combined experience. We also offer same-day service for some repairs. Sosby's Garage, 200 Bay Creek Road in Loganville. Dependable, honest, and fair. Look us up on Google or Facebook. We'll take good care of you. Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio inside the Sonesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. It's time for Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. We are the cornerstone of security in the Southeast. Welcome, everybody, to Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. I'm your host, Rick Strawn, the president of Paradigm Security Services, and we're excited to be with you once again today on Business Radio X. We're coming to you from the Subaru of Gwinnett studio, located in the beautiful Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel in Duluth, Georgia. Each week, we feature businesses in the Atlanta area, especially those that serve Gwinnett County. While all businesses have security concerns, not all are about physical security, and we'll touch on that and all related aspects as we move through the course of each show. Our guest today, I want you to welcome Mr. Todd Long. He's the COO of Moreland Altabelli, an Atlas company. How are you doing today? Great to be here. I appreciate it. Kind of, uh, sometimes, you know, security gets a little tight, especially when things like laptops get left places. So <laughs> then you really start realizing what security is, don't you? We do. Um, I'm going to read this little brief thing here. Uh, in fact, before I do that, Let's go. Let's start with my usual question with people: Who is Todd Long? Where'd you come from? How'd you get yeah. here? Uh, yeah. How'd you get in the business that you're in? Well, that's a good question. Um, uh, I'm a consultant now, doing transportation work. But I started out as a um, a kid from South Georgia. I came from Hinesville, Georgia, which is in Liberty County. Liberty County is uh, about forty minutes south of Savannah. So I mm-hmm. tell people I'm from Savannah, but really I'm from Hinesville. Everybody's from Atlanta within yeah. 20 miles, 30 miles around That's here. right. If you're military, you know where Hinesville is, though, because yep. Hinesville is home to Fort Stewart, which is one of the larger military installations east of Mississippi. So U.S. Army base. So I tell people I had three-year friends. So yeah. my <laughs> friends would come in three years, and I get to know them, and they cut out of town. We were locals. Uh, but it kind of shaped a lot of my thoughts on transportation as a young kid because all my friends would always tell me, what it was like in their cities, where they came from. Some of them came from Europe. Many of them came from Europe, in fact, from Nuremberg and places like that. And uh, they came from west and all over the country. And uh, as a high school student, uh, as I was trying to decide what to do, I decided I want to be an engineer. And it, really early on, I think I wanted to be a transportation engineer. I didn't know what a transportation engineer was, but I knew I, th- I liked traffic and transportation. I liked maps. I like to go on yeah, journeys. For some crazy reason, you like being an engineer. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I laugh. I was a Georgia fan uh, up until about, I guess, 11th grade, and I uh, decided I want to be an engineer, so I went decided to go to Georgia Tech. So I sold all of my UGA paraphernalia. I had foam finger <laughs> number ones, and you know that was back when Georgia uh, had Herschel Walker and, oh, yeah. and others, and I just dropped them. <laughs> that's hard to do. <laughs> No, that's not a true Georgia fan yeah, there, man. Yeah. But I understand people want I got a lot of friends that are Georgia Tech. Yeah. 
So I came to uh, Atlanta um, to go to school, and I graduated from Georgia Tech and uh, undergraduate master's program. I got my master's in transportation, and I knew I wanted to do that and decided to go to work in the one firm that does transportation all the time. That was Georgia DOT. That'll get it. And they had a two-year training program at the time. And, you know, you, when you're young, you don't know what you want to do. And I said, let me let me see if I like the work of the training program and going around. And I guess I visited nine different offices and did a really a variety of duties. And I came out of there. I said, you know, I really like the work, and I like the people I'm working with. So I stayed, and I kept staying and, and held uh, nine different positions over a career, and I ended up retiring from Georgia DOT. Well, that's a that's a good place to work for, especially yeah. if you're in the you know, transportation engineer industry. Right, DOT is one of the most important departments that we have in the state, as far as I'm concerned. Right, I liked it. I, I spent part of my time as the district uh, engineer up here in the Northeast Georgia area, and, Gain- and Gwinnett was part of my district, so I, I got to know all the roads and all the signals and pretty much everything associated. When I when I finally retired from Georgia DOT, which allows you to retire. At a very young age, I'm only 30. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know the feeling. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I decided I wanted to work for local government um, because I liked helping local governments. And um, and at the time, a job opening came open in Fulton County, so um, they hired me as their chief operating officer in Fulton County, which is interesting. Fulton's the largest county in Georgia. It's about 1.1 million people. Mm-hmm. So I went from having transportation as one of my, I guess, my main points to having animal control, libraries, uh, police, fire, all these different aspects of government, and uh, dealing with a bunch of cities. You know, Fulton's loaded with cities, so you've got Atlanta, and you've got all the Alpharetta, Milton. Uh, it's not like Atlanta wouldn't be enough. Yeah, they've got 15 cities, um, so it's quite uh, an adventure. I did that for three years, and then I decided I wanted to do transportation full-time, so I had an opportunity to come to work for Moreland Altabelli. Uh, and Moreland Altabelli is um, a firm that does tons of GDOT work. It does tons of local government work. It's an extension of staff for government. Right in your wheelhouse. It's right in my wheelhouse. So it worked perfectly. And I live in Gwinnett, so it made my uh, trip to work uh, a lot easier. Well, that sounds like a, a, a took you a, pretty much a directed path from where you started out wanting to be to where you ended yeah. up and where you are today. Right. So that's, that's unusual for a lot of people. Right. But it, it, awesome experience. Yeah. I'm going to read this little thing. It says, Atlas is a world-class organization of over 3,200 professionals in 40 states dedicated to creating lasting infrastructure. Atlas is uniquely connected to the communities we serve. Our services have grown to include everything from testing, inspection, and consulting to engineering, planning, and design. That's a mouthful. Uh, It is. What does that actually say? What do you all do? Well, that's a great question. So uh, in 1987... um, Tom Moreland was the head of the DOT, and he retired, and a guy named Dan Altabelli was head of the Federal Highway Administration, and he retired, and those two formed the company, Moreland Altabelli, essentially, Makes and they, w- they wanted to be a mini DOT in and of themselves. In other words, provide those same services that GDOT needed for the state and for local government. So they kind of built the firm up to, to be really, hey, we can do it all. In other words, we can provide all the services that you need. And Mr. Moreland uh, owned the company up until uh, really the fall of 2017 and did a fantastic job building it up to, I guess, over 300 people. And uh, most of the people are here in Georgia, but we do work all over the state and some out of the state as well. And then he had opportunity. He sold the company to an organization called uh, Atlas, Atlas Technical Consultants. And mm-hmm. we've had a, a really a, a real 
intentional process of changing our name over time. And officially, uh, January 1st of this year, 2020, we are now uh, called Atlas and no longer Moreland Altabelli. But we do um, everything you can imagine. And Moreland Altabelli, the company, is actually made up of seven different firms. So nationwide, instead of having 300 people in Georgia, we have now 3,200 people uh, located across the country in 40 states. That's quite an expansion. Right. It really is. Well, you know, when you you do the – we know about the name change and how it's going from Moreland Altabelli to Atlas, but, you know, what is the, really the type of work that yeah. MA and Atlas are doing so, in Gwinnett County specifically? Yeah, let's talk – I think Gwinnett will give us some ideas. So yeah. in Gwinnett County, um, our major contract is with Gwinnett County DOT, which is the local transportation department. Very familiar. And they have done fantastic job. When I was working in, at DOT, if you wanted to know how something gets done on a local level, you, go went to the to, local. you go to Gwinnett. Gwinnett was your flagship county in the state. I mean, I'm not kidding. It was probably one of the best. They, they really knew what they were doing. And... Digging in deeper now and seeing how they run business is they've got a great staff, the county, and then they supplement their staff with help from others. In other words, there may be a consultant doing a design on a project. But what we do at Morlato Belly, we help them manage, manage their transportation sales tax dollars and some of their parks and recreation sales tax dollars. So as you know, Grant County has the best parks in the state. Absolutely. Some of the best roads in the state. So we help them manage that penny sales tax and getting products out the door. So if you buy plans as a contractor, we're helping you get those plans. We're helping inspect the work that's being done on the street. We're helping get the uh, process through the pre-construction phase of the work. And there's a lot of other consultants help out as well, but we help manage, so we program manage the funds. Another example is uh, right here, Gateway 85 CID. There's several CIDs that um, are in Gwinnett, we help the Gateway 85 CID for various tasks. Maybe have to do interaction with GDOT. It may be that they need any help on a freight logistics study. We'll assist and, and guide them in those endeavors. Well, I know that, you know, my personal opinion, of course, it may be a little biased since we work with a couple of the CIDs and mm-hmm. security, Gateway being one of them. But the CID, the way it's set up and everything, is probably the best method of getting anything done mm-hmm. And to pull in someone like yourself and with uh, Atlas to to work those issues and help, I guess that would pretty much help to keep them directed is what you do is focused on what it is they need to accomplish with That's what right. it is they've got in their right. portfolio. I'll put a shout out um, to the CIDs in general, Community Improvement Districts. My, my son, uh, he works for one in another part of the region in uh he tells people and ask him what he does. He says, we're a homeowner's association for businesses. <laughs> well, and, actually, that's pretty close. And people kind of get it. You know, they understand, okay, okay, you're here to help protect the businesses and make things better. So people think about beautifying the interest of the subdivision, right, or keeping the pool up. And uh, you pay a fee for that. Well, the businesses obviously pay a fee in these CIDs uh, for improvements and betterments. And they have caused, I think, our business areas, and you look at our business nodes around Metro Atlanta, mm-hmm. they all have CIDs, Perimeter, Cumberland, Gateway 85, Gwinnett Place, Sugarloaf now. You know, yep. All of them have CIDs. And these business areas have benefited greatly because the interchanges look better, the landscaping. It could be increased security. It could be uh, 
fixing the sidewalks when they something breaks on them, things that the GDOT couldn't get to on a fast enough basis. So I think you're going to find that CIDs are going to be here for a long time. I know businesses like, well, what am I getting for my money? Because essentially they're paying an extra millage rate a little right. bit higher mm-hmm. uh, for that uh, service. But I think you'll see them around because they're able to take those dollars, those limited dollars, and leverage them with federal money, with state money, and uh, make bring synergy to an area. So uh, a good example right here is on 85 Corridor. At GDOT, I mean, it was almost hard for me because everybody would come to me and say, why can't we have our interchanges look like the interchanges in Gwinnett? <laughs> I say, well... In Gwinnett County, the interstate interchanges at Pleasant Hill and Steve Reynolds and down at Jimmy Carter, those are all paid for. Those improvements are paid for by the CID. And uh, Well, you can if you have yeah, a CID. Right, but <laughs> these are places that don't have businesses exactly. like rural areas. And, mm-hmm. and so you just – it really – people notice. People go, why can't we be like what they've done on 85 or why can't we be like what they did at Perimeter? So um, those are great improvements. And the very first CID, I think, was Cumberland. Mm-hmm. And they leveraged a lot of their money to help redo all the interchanges in that area. So there have been different incentives. Um, I, I like the one in Gwinnett on 78. That reversible lane project was paid for by Georgia DOT but pushed and prodded by the CID. And the CID did wonders to make the landscaping look better, caused business to have interparcel access between the businesses because you had a median on the main road mm-hmm. and getting a little bit better connectivity. So they're they're terrific partners. Well, they've really fine-tuned the art of public-private partnership. Really have. Uh, and that's really the, the, the best way to accomplish the goals of really everybody involved. DOT is happy because it takes a lot of the stress off of them. Mm-hmm. It, it's put together. It's In the end, it's managed in a way. Right. And it's focused on by somebody other than them so that they can work, interact with them and work with them, right. get it accomplished to make everybody happy. But at the same time, you've got someone like the CID that's doing most mm-hmm. of the push work, right. uh, most of the grant work, uh, so that they can get in there and get it helped right. and actually get it accomplished. Yep. And these executive directors across the region have become transportation players. Yep, in other absolutely. words, they have a voice at the table. Emory Merzberger here at Gateway 85. you got Joe Allen up here at Gwinnett Place. And, and you got these folks. They really become go-to people on how to get projects done all around the region. Well, you know, what is happening specifically with the I-85 corridor? Yeah. That's one of the big questions that goes on. Right. And I think you're probably the perfect person to ask. Yeah. So 85, let's talk a little history here. Um, so when 85 was built, um, of course, it was probably just a two-lane road, two oh, lanes yeah. each way up up through Gwinnett, and uh, you had cows. Matter of fact, I laugh, um, right near where we're at today, there's an underpass under 85, just right at Steve Reynolds. It's a cattle underpass. It was for cattle to go back and forth, and every time GDOT widened 85, they, they, widened just, they just extended the cattle pass. Yep. So this... <laughs> <laughs> which is almost comical. And I asked Wayne Shackerford, who passed away several years ago, who was head of DOT and, you know, he worked in Gwinnett yep. for years, and I asked him, and he he could tell me almost exactly who owned all the cattle on both sides of the road before all that was developed and, and all happened. Uh, but it's but 85 has gotten to the point where it's as wide as it's going to go, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, we've maxed out on In that. 2011, GDOT decided to do an experiment. And the Gwinnett residents were the guinea pigs, right? We decided to try to manage um, a lane. So, in other words, the the center lane was HOV lane, 
and it was being managed by only saying two or more people had to be in the lane. Now, we could have said, hey, you have to have three or more people. That's still managing the lane. But right. in 2011, we decided to put a toll on that lane to manage it through pricing. They call it congestion pricing. So in other words, if that lane is uh, free-flowing, you know, the price should be lower. If it's crowded, you price it up. In, in other words, people get out of the lane. Exactly. So the goal is to have a, a lane that it can be used that if people have to get to ball games for their kids, get to weddings, get home from work, they're willing to pay. And in fact, in California, I used to tell people the, the biggest user of the managed lanes in California were the, uh, the moms and dads who had kids at daycare because the meter at the daycare was running faster than Absolutely. the meter. Absolutely. I didn't the managed think about lane. that. So getting, getting to where you want to go. So that was kind of an experiment. It's not a perfect ideal condition at all because it's a, a concurrent lane. In other words, it's next to other lanes, and that – interaction between people going fast and slow and people getting out of lane causes a little bit of um, delay all the managed lanes we're going to build around the region the ones we've built now in henry county the reversible lanes down in henry county going like the one up on 75 and then on 75 and cobb county those projects all are separated structures not concurrent to the not not right next to the other lanes so it works in fact the one in 75 in cobb county has literally changed people's lives i rode in that the, for the first time a couple of weeks ago when i had to go up to ackworth to right. get something done for some business that was the first time i'd actually said well let me and i was a little you know a little hesitant trying yeah. to get off i said i hope i'm i hope this yeah. is serious i'm yeah. i'm going past the expressway to right. get on this but actually there was hardly anyone in it yeah. And it worked fantastic. It does. People literally, uh, the the managed lanes have taken enough traffic off the regular lanes that people are saving 45 minutes on their commute from like Woodstock to downtown. Oh, I believe it. So that's an hour and a half a day they're gaining back of their lives. Now, we haven't seen those savings on 85 quarter because, one, because uh, the, the way H- it is. With the, the way it is and the lane is so popular, people say well, they hate paying the toll, but it's so popular. That's the reason yeah, the prices. What's a buck forty? If people have to, the price have to keep going up to get people out. Yeah. So that was an experiment. So eighty five needs to be looked at again, in which we've looked at it on and off through the years. But there's a lot in the corridor going on right now. There's a study looking at truck parking. Uh, you know that people used to park on the shoulder of the road up at Lawrenceville, right. Swanee, at the rest area, which is being that's being built into something else now. Uh, they're also looking at BRT in the corridor. The county is hiring a consultant to do uh, look at bus rapid transit up the 85 corridor, not necessarily in the 85 right away, but somewhere in the corridor parallel to 85. Um, there's an 85 study. In fact, there's three public meetings coming up here in February um, uh, that Georgia DOT is managing a, a contract with uh, Cambridge Systematics and Kimberly Horn looking at the whole 85 corridor up to 985, just saying what can we do differently in the corridor. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot being looked at on 85. I think that long-term what you're going to see is some managed lane system that looks different than what you have now in the middle. It may be something on the size. I'm talking 20 years out, 30 years out. But I think it will look like the other corridors because GDOT, next up on them, is they're they're going to do the top end of 285, put managed lanes, and they're going to go up 400 with managed lanes. So they're actually going to be the lanes similar to what with the reversible lanes? Yeah, it'll like, be like 75, yep. but, but they'll be putting them both directions on oh, 285. Okay. okay. All right, so now who's going to use those lanes, right? It's going to be people commuting, It's going to be, but it's going to be heavy on transit. People forget 
one of the be- best uses of these managed lanes is transit. Yep. You know, you think about the uh, Greta express buses. You see the express buses flowing in. Mm-hmm. And we targeted the 85 corridor in association with that project back in 2011 to get express buses in those lanes so they can go f- fly past people. So we built, we built a huge 900-car s- spot um, up at Hamilton Mill. On the um, up near Walmart, just for parking for that. There's a parking lot at um, um, 20 and 985. We expanded that lot about five years ago. There's a lot at um, Discover Mills or Sugarloaf Mills or whatever it's called now, right? Mm-hmm. There at um, at uh, Sugarloaf, and then there's a lot, of course the existing lot at Indian Trail that was already there. But all these lots feed in and funnel into buses that take people directly in those managed lanes all the way downtown. Well, our office is right there at Indian Trail in 85, and so I pass that every day multiple times, and it it seems to be well used. Oh, uh, yeah. A lot of people park there. Oh, yeah. It, it's been well used for a long time. It should be packed, though, to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, and there's no reason. It's not. Uh, the, the people should be riding together, and, and, and but it, people are very independent sorts, right? Yep. They go places after work, and it's just sometimes easier to ride by yourself, and that's why we have congestion. We have well, so many people it, riding by themselves. And it's also a transitional thing. Yeah. Uh, people are slowly beginning to do that more. Right. And as our as the dynamics change in within our county, it's going to be a matter of more people coming here that want to use those buses. Right. And it's. I think I can see a slow transition. I can definitely see a transition from when it was five years ago even. Right. Um just out of curiosity, and it may not be something that uh, your expertise is on and you want to talk about, but you got any thoughts on the transportation issues that are uh, alive and well here in Gwinnett County? Yeah. So I think uh, Chairwoman uh, Charlotte Nash has done a fantastic job of understanding what the future of Gwinnett is. Yes, she like you has. said, people that are moving here. I mean, there's a new neighborhood. By, I live in Lilburn, so Lilburn's a melting pot as well, mm-hmm. and people from all over the world. And they come here, and the first question is, you know, why where's, the bus? where's the bus? Where's the transit? <laughs> where's, what's going on? And so I think that she sees that, and others do as well. And I think it, it went down uh, by vote here last year. But I think it will come back up eventually, and it will eventually pass, I believe. I believe it will. And you will see uh, more money for transit-type activities in the county. Now, what's that going to look like? Because Gwinnett does do tra- – people forget, there's transit going on in Gwinnett yes, now. Is. There are buses, they have services, and they've cut back on lines that don't carry as many people. They're trying to make sure they're as efficient as possible. And then there's the express buses. And those express buses are well um, – They're well-traveled. Uh, traveled, and they, they're, they're full. And – so this it's proven that can work. You just got to make it, make it real f- flexible, and you got to make it such that obviously people want to use it during the times it's open. Putting in heavy rail <clears throat> and putting in a lot of high expensive transit probably is not in the future, Gwinnett. I think you can get a little bit of it, but making use of what GDOT's already put in place. So to me, you know, these managed lanes on 285, they're building this, they're spending billions of dollars to build these elevated structures. To me, that is the rail line. Mm-hmm. We're going to put rubber tire buses in those rail lines, right? I'm kind of a big proponent of light rail, but I don't see that doing anything either. Well, I think you you may see a little bit of it, but it still is so expensive. Uh, yes, we did an analysis on, on 285, and, and light rail versus putting buses in the managed lanes it's a lot more expensive. was uh, eight to ten times more cost. Oh, absolutely. So when you look at those numbers, you're like, I just 
you can't justify going that path. Yeah, I totally. You know, I, I get it. Yeah, and uh, and I think that you're right. It, it's going to come back up, and I think it's going to come up sooner than later. Right. And I think it will be in a different form and format than it was originally presented. Yes. Uh, they'll tweak that. I think they've got, you know, the powers that be have gotten the message that that particular tweak issue, the way it was designed, isn't going to fly. Right. So it's just a matter of tweaking a little, little bit and, right. and getting it in a little bit different well, yeah. form. And you want to have, look, I'm, this tax, work. I'm a taxpayer too. I mean, I want I, I, I to weigh heavily on do I want to spend another penny sales tax um, Absolutely. for a year? And, you know, looking at it, you know, obviously you think about even before SPLOS, right? Because mm-hmm. I think Gwinnett was one of the first counties in the state to pass the regular SPLOS tax yep. in 85. So before that, they were probably thinking, why would we want that, right? Why would you ever want to do it? Think about Gwinnett County, and the reason Gwinnett County is great today is because they have a great education SPLOS that brings in a lot of money, and they have a great regular SPLOS that brings in a lot of money. So they have the best parks and the Bex roads and some of the best schools in the country. Absolutely. Because they were the first to step up and do these sales tax. Well, and it was just like Gateway, uh, the Gateway CID. It has both federal and state uh, benefit zones. Right. And it's I think it's the only CID that has, has both. both of them. Yeah. Uh, and, and that is an amazing accomplishment when you stop to think about it, right. to be able to get both of those opportunity zones sitting up to where, you know, you can grow that business. You can draw, and when you draw the business, you're going to draw the residents. When you draw the residents, you're going to draw the business. So, right, right. You know, it, it's just, just uh, you can't lose on something like that. Right. And I think, I, I think that's going to be a way that more and more people are going to push to try to do. And if they do, it's going to be a tremendous advantage to our county. It right. already is. Right. Well, let's see. You know, one of the things that we you always wonder about is, you know, the traffic and what we're talking yeah. about here. But, you know, is bad traffic possibly a good sign for the economy? Yeah. I laugh. Uh, one of the first speeches I ever saw Wayne Shackelford give, uh, we were up uh, in the North Georgia mountains, and it was on f- the 441 project up in Raven County. If you know that, mm-hmm. they yep, were talking about widening it from two lanes to four lanes. And people were complaining about all the traffic backing up in Dillard and, you know, in all the fall. The it, backs bring. Up, it backs up for miles every. And he, he finally looked at him. He says, look, he said, if you want to move to Connecticut or somewhere like that where there's no traffic, you know, because there's no businesses. He says, you have traffic. That means good things are happening. Try life without it. <laughs> and uh, so I kind of put a different perspective on it for me. I was yeah. young in my career, but it's so true that, you know, we complain about traffic a lot. And I mean, that's the topic of any dinner time. If you get guest over and took me so many minutes to get here, but it is a true sign that, you know, Hey, there's mud crews on the work, the sheetrock crews, there are brick, brick layers there. You see all the construction equipment, you got heavy uh, trucks moving all kind of product. I mean, that, that means the economy's moving. And when asphalt's being laid, Yes. So, our, so, so is the groundwork. It's just hard to keep up with. And p- people have different philosophies. You know, one philosophy is, hey, don't build anymore. Let's just put it all in transit. And some people say, well, let's not build anymore and maybe people go somewhere else, right? Mm-hmm. But going somewhere else means that you get old eventually, right? And your town and area and all your young people move away. Absolutely. So you've got to have jobs here. You've got to have businesses here to sustain economy forever. And Gwinnett's going to have traffic. But fortunately, Gwinnett has invested in their infrastructure. So we've got capacity for water and sewer for growth. 
We've got capacity for transportation in some areas. I mean, it's not all areas, but they're constantly working on projects to make it make it better. At the heart of every economy is the ability to get around. And eventually, if you can't get around, businesses will move Leave. somewhere else. Yeah. Or they move to where the people are. So let, let's take an example. In Gwinnett, you've lost some businesses who might say transportation, but you find out later they moved to Midtown, right? I won't name who they are. but yep. So let's say you moved to Midtown. Why do they move to Midtown? Not because traffic's better. They move there because who's That's there? where the people are. That's where the young people are. Mm-hmm. So you've got to. It's you've got to draw the young you got, people to you. Got, young people have to live in Gwinnett, so those companies want to stay in Gwinnett or vice versa. You need and you need to have – it all works together. Well, and that is that is happening. Sure. Uh, the more and more that we we change the way things are done, we could doing it because that was the way it's always been done. Right. I've seen more changes in the you know, last 30 years, and really the last 10 years even more, the where they've stopped looking at is, well, that's the way it's always been done, so that's right. the way we're going to do it. People are opening up their minds, and they're looking at it a little differently and bringing in more. I mean, transportation issues before, you know, 10 years ago, I mean, it, no, don't even think about it. It's not going to happen right. with bringing mass transit. But now, and I used to be very much anti-mass transit. I worked in Atlanta for 25 years as a cop, and I saw it from the, from the beginning all the way up with MARTA. And I was very much an anti, but I am much more on board now right. when I look and see what the positives are and I see the realities. The, a lot of the negatives have been addressed. Mm-hmm. And that's just something that uh, a lot of people are still looking to the negative, what it used to be, rather right. than what it can be. Right. You've got to get out of that what it used to be. Yeah, I think every uh, all the CEOs of MARTA have struggled with this, right? Because it's all about the image. And it focuses exactly. on that. And how do you how do you get that image? Perception out? is reality. Perception, because we all travel to Europe or New York City, and you go to New York City, you don't think about, oh wait, I'm going to Midtown in New York City. You don't think well, I'm going to drive. <laughs> no, you don't. Right. You, matter of fact, if you think you're going to drive in a cab, you think you're going to be forever getting there. But you you take transit, so it's just it's it's a different mindset. And the cities have figured it out in Gwinnett mm-hmm. and and Cobb. They're all making live, work, play communities right in their downtown. So most of the cities are kind of striving to have that more community feel together bunched in. And I'm not saying that's the way of the future. Some people, There are always going to be people who want to live on a five-acre track of land. Yep. And that's not going to change. And listen, I'd like to live on a five-acre track some days too, right? But I think there's going to be a combination of the two. And you got to provide transportation services for both because they do provide – they do – Oh, yeah. everybody pays taxes. Well, you know, if I want to drive a car, then I want to be able to drive the car. Right. And if I want to take a bus, I want to be able to take a bus. So you've right. got both views. Right. And both of them have to be addressed. Yeah. You can't just say, well, we're not yeah. going to worry about the bus. Yeah. We, if you don't like it, drive a car. What people don't know is they don't pay that much taxes. In tra- you know, when you think about taxes you pay, you typically pay far more for other things than you do for transportation. Absolutely. Transportation is just a minor blip on the map. You know, you... you you think about it. That we ran some numbers before. The average person uh, on state gas tax was paying um, like $26 a month <laughs> for state gas tax. Now, think about that. Think yeah. about what you get for that $26. Yeah, absolutely. Unlimited just, riding on roads in Georgia all over the place, yeah. right? And uh, you don't all – the, all the negatives really aren't yeah. – that's, that's a yeah. small amount. Right. Well, Todd, it's been fantastic having you on here. Yeah. We could we could talk for hours on this stuff because I, I love the, the the county and I love the transportation issues. 
that uh, we're trying to address and how we're addressing them. I love what the CIDs are doing, and you're doing a great job within the CID and helping them out and redirect and give them focus. If anybody wants to get a hold of Atlas or you and maybe talk to you about business or just find out more about what's going on, how would they do that? We do everything from design to construction inspection, but uh, they can call us at uh, 770-263-5945. The seven seven zero two six three five nine four five, and they can ask for Todd Long, and uh, I can help guide and direct them right direction. It sounds fantastic. Well, I want to put a little plug in for my sponsor, Sosby's Garage. It's the same day service and it's available for some repairs, and you know they are a fantastic place. Mm-hmm. If you've got to get something done and you want somebody that you can honestly depend on to tell you the truth, John Sosby, give him a call. It's 678-825-2127 on 200 Bay Creek Road and in Loganville, Georgia, 30052. Well, thank you again for joining us on Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. Remember, you can join us live every Wednesday at 1130 in the morning, or you can listen to our show anytime you want by going to businessradiox.com, clicking on the Gwinnett Studio, and then click on Case in Point. Join us next week at 1130 when we'll talk with another business leader about their business and related security issues in today's world. Thanks again to my guest, Todd Long, with Atlas. I really appreciate it. Some great work. And for our producer, Mike. And again, I'm Rick Strawn. And remember, at Paradigm Security Services, we do cover more than just your assets.